off. It's the rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, January 22nd. We got the conference championships coming at us. So we're going to break it down, all angles for you today, the matchups that you need to know. And, of course, I'll talk a little player props as well. Love me some player props at this time of year. If you haven't dabbled, man, this is the time to start dabbling in those player props. Honestly, you know fantasy. So you're going to have – it's a really easy uh, transition from player props uh, or from fantasy into player props. So go check that out. It's a little bit of fun here with the conference championships. Before I get into my take on these games, though, let me tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks, and that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, esports, and of course, football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R A N T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. Go check them out. Over there, Monkey Knife Fight. So let's dive into these games. Obviously, we only have two games on the docket this week. Uh, A little bit bittersweet. I I love being able to deep dive into the games. But at the same time, man, I miss football when it isn't here. So is what it is. Let's start with this Tampa and Green Bay game. Tom Brady's been really good in the playoffs so far. 580 passing yards. That leads all passers. Of course, some have not played two games like he has, but still pretty solid overall. Now, the Packers were really good against the pass, especially down the stretch. And and I'll talk about the effect on the run game there. But over the final five games of the season, they, they allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points per game to the position. So, you know, you're thinking about Brady this week. It is a little bit challenging, but you know what? He faced a challenging Washington defense in the wild card round, and he was just fine there. Also, what I love about Brady is he's basically given the middle finger to everybody who said his arm was shot. It isn't. You know, he earlier in the year, he was missing throws deep, but he was making them. He just wasn't accurate on them, and I don't think it was an accuracy thing, actually. I think it was a I'm still getting used to this offense thing. And what's fascinating, since week nine, Brady leads the NFL with a passing average depth of target of 10.2 yards. 10.2 yards downfield on average for every one of his throws. That's pretty freaking far. In the last two games in the playoffs, it's 11.3. So even freaking further. I expect that downfield vertical push to continue here. I am very tempted to use Brady and double stack. It didn't work for me last week. I did make that play. I double stacked with Evans and Godwin. Didn't quite work for me, but I am I'm really tempted here. Especially given his price point, 6100 on on DraftKings. He's the cheapest quarterback there. 
And I'm not I'm not counting them out here. Now, granted, if this goes to chalk, like I really do think it will, I'm not going to be surprised. But likewise, if Brady makes a, are we really going to be surprised if Brady makes a Super Bowl? Hadn't happened before, right? Sheesh. Uh, in terms of the wideouts, you know, honestly, I like Godwin more here than Evans, and I'll tell you why. So Evans, I do think is going to see a shadow. Uh, from Jair Alexander. He already did see that shadow earlier in the year. So, of course, these two teams faced each other just like the other two teams in this uh, in this weekend's contest in week six. So, Alexander was on Evans 75% of routes, and he had just one catch in that game. Now, it is a very different Bucks offense, but the fact that Alexander will be on him for roughly three-quarters of the game, that's going to be tricky. He's been really... I mean, he's been the league's best corner. Let's not... Been around the bush. No, no Antonio Brown. So Scotty Miller becomes pretty interesting <clears throat> in DFS because he's super cheap uh, compared relative to the position. I mean, the the salaries aren't really crazy this week. It's just they're they're priced high enough so that if you wanted to do an absolute stud lineup, you can't do it. But he's thirty four hundred. So if you plugged him in, like say you plugged him in, if you were doing that double stack, a Brady. Godwin, and then instead of Evans, you're saving yourself a lot of dough. It's twenty four hundred. You're saving off of uh, Evans, so somewhat appealing. I think that's interesting, and and so that matchup's tough for Evans. Now, I do expect a lot of twelve personnel that puts a damper on Gronk. I, I think Cameron Braid, sort of interesting, but I wouldn't go that route. I, I honestly, I I think the best move is to just straight up pay up with Kelsey this week, but. For Godwin, what that means is that when they're in three wide sets, he'll see Chandon Sullivan, which I'm not worried about that. 15 catches on 18 targets over his last five games. And when they're in two wide, if Jair is on Evans, then Godwin gets Kevin King, which is a little bit uncharacteristic. But they, like I said, they did do this back in week six. So if, if we have Godwin up against Kevin King, man, Kevin King over the last... Two games has seen 18 targets thrown at him. He has caught 14, or his receivers have caught 14 of those targets. So usually, yeah, you have a really good corner, you go to the other corner. So Godwin sets up really well in this one. As for the backfield, I do expect a split here. Uh, the Packers were a run funnel earlier in the year, but that's sort of that's changed down the stretch. They were the third worst fantasy matchup for the position over the final five weeks of the regular season. Now, Akers was fine last week, 18 carries, 90 rushing yards. He scored a touchdown. So I don't think this is a, you know unstoppable matchup. I expect more Ronald Jones in the run game, more Leonard Fournette overall. If I had to choose one, <laughs> begrudgingly, I would choose Fournette. However, that being said, if you think this gets to be a screwy game, the player at running back who could break this slate is Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones completely flips the slate on its head. If it's a screwy game, Tampa gets out to the lead, they run the F out of the football, all of a sudden, man, it could be Ronald Jones. So just throwing that out there, I am going to have at least one dedicated Ronald Jones lineup. Um, I would rather use Fournette. He's going to be more widely owned. He's going to be really widely owned. But that's the player I'm looking at there. On the other side, Aaron Rodgers. Mid-pack matchup on paper. Uh, remember the Hingle McCringleberry celebration way back in uh, week six? Well, that was his worst game of the season. 
as well. And I think that's our game that we really need to key in on, not the matchup. No scores through the air, 160 passing yards, two interceptions, and really the problem was the pass rush. And it was Jason Pierre-Paul in particular who was absolutely a disruptive force in that game. So when it comes down to it, Rodgers, if they can get after Rodgers, he's going to have a hard time. Now, I don't have a Friday practice report for Pierre Paul, but I'll tell you, he hasn't practiced yet. The one good thing, I'm not seeing him ruled out yet as well. <laughs> so, yet, hopefully not at all. I mean, if you're if you're pulling for uh, Tampa in this one. But I'm not seeing any practice information uh, at this point. I will say, though, that the fact that Antonio Brown's already ruled out and we're not seeing anything on Pierre Paul, at least is you know, maybe game time. Uh, they will also uh, potentially have uh, Vita Vea here. It looks like they will have Vita Vea, so that's actually pretty good for uh, Tampa. Anyway, if they can get after Rodgers, Rodgers' two worst games this year, he was sacked four times and five times. Four times in this game, five times against the Panthers. Those were his two worst games. Go figure. Not going to ca- cause me to shy away from him, and certainly, I mean, hey, Devontae Adams is in an absolutely great spot. He could very well see a shadow. The last time they faced each other, he did see a shadow from Carlton Davis. I just don't think that the Bucks leave Carlton Davis out on an island because when they did that against Kansas City, Tyreek Hill destroyed him. Like one of the worst games from any corner from a statistical standpoint this season. And I mean, we'll give him a pass. It was Tyreek Hill. But I don't think they leave him on an island. And I'd be a little bit surprised if if he's shadowing him a bulk of the game. We could see a little bit of shadow. You know, you, you, we see him traveling with him at points, but I don't think it happens the whole time. So Adams is phenomenal. We know that. Alan Lazard, I actually like as well. He's predominantly out of the slot, so he's going to see Sean Murphy bunting, allowing a 78% catch rate, six touchdowns in his coverage. So if Carlton Davis is primarily on Adams, even if he isn't, this doesn't set up well for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's going to see Davis. He's going to see Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean was phenomenal this year. Really, you know, under the radar phenomenal. Uh, not a guy who was a household name, but 7.9 yards per catch in his coverage. Really did a nice job for Tampa. So I'm fading MVS if I'm going to use Packers. Like if I was going to do a double stack here, it would obviously be Adams. And then I'd have to split that stack between Tunyon and uh and Lazard. Tun- Lazard has the higher ceiling, but Tunyon, would it surprise anybody if Tunyon scored three touchdowns in this game, right? No, not at all. So you have to at least consider him. It's not really an upgrade downgrade for him. Uh he's just it's a volume play, like most tight ends. However, I will say this: this is a brutal matchup for the run game. This was not only Aaron Rodgers' worst game of the season, it was Aaron Jones' worst game of the season as well. I mean, he really struggled in that. He scored a touchdown, but he really struggled against um, the Bucs the last time they faced him. Not to mention the fact that Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon are going to be in the mix. I mean, Jones had 14 carries last week, 12 for Williams, 6 for Dillon. They're gonna, that's a full-blown committee. Against a team that allowed the fewest rushing yards per carry to running backs, 3.38, like that's tough. I don't think... I know Aaron Jones is going to be widely used. I'm I'm probably going to do my best to fade him. If I want a piece of this game, I'm going after Aaron Rodgers in the passing game in this one. All right, moving over to Buffalo. I'll do the player props at the end of the show, by the way. Buffalo and Kansas City. 
and I we can't really read it into that week six contest at all. That was a COVID moved game. That was a game that was in weird weather that basically took the air out of the football. Dink and dunk city. So don't worry about that. Baker Mayfield. Let's talk about this guy. Last week didn't really have his way with Kansas City. And Kansas City, even though they were they were a friendly matchup though for opposing quarterbacks. I mean, they allowed 12 passing scores over the final five weeks of the season. You know, they. I. I I'm not going to read into what Baker did. I think this sets up well for Josh Allen in a potential shootout. Now, it will be even better if they completely abandon the run, but abandoning the run means that we basically, it's really tough to trust Devin Singletary, and Devin Singletary is going to be widely owned. He's 4500 on DraftKings, so super cheap. And when you get a running back in there, it allows you to do like that cheap. It allows you to do a lot of other things in that lineup. It's an appealing matchup. Chiefs allowing 4.52 yards per carry to running backs in a regular season, but I just don't know, man. I, I don't want to go overboard on Singletary here. Of course, Stephon Diggs is freaking awesome. I'm not really worried about the matchup. I actually lo- love the matchup for Cole Beasley here. You know, go after the Chiefs out of the slot. You know, over the last two games, Legereus need 11 catches on 12 targets. So, you know, last week, Baker's passing passer rating was 98.2. Uh, when he threw against Legereus Sneed. So I would go after that one. You know, you're never going to fade uh, Diggs. John Brown's matchup is tricky. He's going to see plenty of Bashad Breeland. He's lined up on the left over 50% of the time this season, so we'll see Breeland over there. Now, Breeland's going to be tough, but, you know, the other thing we're keeping an eye on is Gabriel Davis. He managed to get to limited, so he's listed as questionable with the ankle injury. He managed to get a limited session in on Friday. So he certainly has a shot of playing. If he doesn't play, though, giddy up John Brown from a target standpoint uh, in this one. Dawson Knox. Do I really need to talk about Dawson Knox? Probably not. Uh, Moving on to Kansas City. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is good to go. Not a huge shocker there. We pretty much expected it, but he is officially cleared of the league concussion protocol. So we have absolutely no worries about Patrick Mahomes on that front. So regarding the matchup, I mean, so Lamar was contained last week, but Phil Rivers had 309 and two scores in the wild card round against this defense. I mean, they they gave up 1.4 passing scores per game in the regular season. That was one of the lower numbers in the league, but I don't really care with Mahomes. The matchup is good for Hill. It's actually really good for Hill because of him running in the slot, he's going to be in the slot like 60% of the time. Highly, highly, highly doubt they move Trey White into the slot. Now, Trey White may travel with Hill on the outside, but again, that's only 40% of the time that he would see Trey White. And if you're Andy Reid, maybe you make it even more like 30% of the time. So Taron Johnson in the slot, good luck against Tyreek Hill. You may have a 101-yard pick six from last week, but there you're going to have your hands full. Otherwise, we're, we're still keeping an eye on Sammy Watkins. He's limited all week. He's far from a guarantee to play. If he does play, that means you really can't trust McCole Hardman. I mean, it's not to say that Watkins is going to play the whole game, but I just don't like limited snaps for Hardman. I'd rather have him out there the whole time. I don't love the matchup, though, because he'll be on the outside more, which means not only Trey White, but Levi Wallace, who's had a good year. I'm not, I mean, do I really need to talk about Travis Kelsey? He's freaking awesome. 
but the backfield is very interesting. Le'Veon Bell with a knee injury, swelling in the knee that popped up yesterday, questionable now, uh, and not expected to play. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is expected to play, but I, I don't think that this is a guarantee that he's just the the bell cow back. I think Daryl Williams is certainly going to be, uh, you know, on the field plenty in this one. So, for DFS purposes, I can't really trust Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Daryl Williams is interesting and sneaky, but man, coming back from injury, I don't know. It's really risky. Then again, it is DFS, so you kind of have to risk it. So I'll probably have at least one lineup with Edwards Alaire. But I, you know, if you ask me, who do you have more ownership of? Probably will end up with a little bit more ownership of Daryl Williams in this one. So that backfield's tricky. I'm not worried about the matchup. It's more just about who's going to be on the field for uh, these teams. So let's switch over to player props here. Honestly, I mean, the number one thing I have to tell you about player props, I've said it before, I'll say it again, if the bet isn't there, don't make the bet. You don't have to bet on every single player prop. And a lot of people will key in on the best players. They key in on Stephon Diggs or Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or whatever it is. And a lot of times, honestly, like I get it because we know those players the, the most, the best as well. Uh, so do sports books. <laughs> and so usually your lines aren't aren't typically that great for the top players. And you often will hear me, you know, digging out lines like like Miles Boykin last week was my one play payday and and a hit. But Miles Boykin is not the freaking first name you're going to when you're looking up player props, right? Like that's not the guy that people are looking at. So anyway, just keep that in mind. Dig deeper for the prop lines. Uh, and I'll only give you a few here that I find interesting, but I do think there's a one-play payday uh, potential, a couple one-play payday potentials here, and I will also have my lines or my uh, prop recommendations up over at ftnbets.com tomorrow. So in the uh, in the Green Bay Tampa game, don't be tempted by you know sometimes you can get one-play payday type play, uh, bets with. Uh, Quarterback rushing yards, but don't be tempted by Aaron Rodgers, 13 and a half. That number is actually, I think it's too high, and I'm going to have an under in on that one. Uh, by the way, another thing, you know, occasionally I'll like say a bet like that, and then like I'll have, you know, the trolls come out of the woodwork. Nice call on the Aaron Rodgers, Jeff, like when he gets 14 rushing yards or whatever. I honestly, I don't care if I lose or win a given bet. I care if I lose or win. Uh, well, let's put it this way. I care if I win more than 52.5% of my bets. And for the season, I was just, I was up over 54%. It wasn't a great season for me, but it was a profitable season. So, you know, the goal, and that's a great mindset thing, you don't have to get every freaking bet right. You certainly don't, and you're not going to. And anybody who tells you they do is a effing liar. They're a charlatan. They're a fraud. You're a phony, straight up. So um, just keep that in mind. We're playing. We're playing the percentages. That's what we're doing here. Uh, running back, I think Jamal Williams catches a pass, and if he does, he'll be up over six and a half uh, receiving yards, which I think is an interesting line. If you think he catches two passes, I'm seeing one and a half receptions at plus one sixty five. Giddy up on that. How about the the um, rushing yard numbers? This one's interesting. So I mentioned Ronald Jones is sneaky, thirty five and a half. Uh, that could be an over. That's an interesting one right there. 
that I think deserves a little bit of a look. At wide receiver, I, I'm not taking the cheese on Devontae Adams receiving yards. I'm, there are certain bets that are just straight-up no plays for me, and that one is going to be one of them. So his line currently is 89.5, which I think for some people might sound like it's too low. I think it's low. It's it's below 90 for a reason. So in this game, Equinemius St. Brown. You think he gets a catch, then he goes up over 9.5. I don't think he gets a catch, so I'm playing under 9.5 receiving yards. Oh, yeah, baby. It gets dirty at this time of year. Uh, Mike Evans, 64.5 receiving yards. Feels a bit heavy as well. Uh, I'm not messing with his receptions, which is four and a half, but 64 and a half, little bit, little bit heavy. Uh, moving over to the tight end position, I think Cameron Brait. I was really hoping to see Cameron Brait at like 20 and a half. Nope, I'm seeing 27 and a half. That actually is an under for me. I'm not playing it over there. Uh, moving over to the other game, <laughs> we're still getting lines trickling in. At least the Mahomes news is out there now. But we're still getting lines uh, trickling in. I, I'm looking in particular for a rushing yard line for Patrick Mahomes. And the current line is 15 and a half. If you can get to a sports book right now that has that line, I would absolutely destroy the under on this one. Do we really think that he's going to be rushing after last week? No. 15 and a half, way too high. I actually think 33 and a half is a bit too high for Josh Allen as well. Uh, so I'm playing unders on both of their rushing yards. At running back in this one, still getting some lines, but here's the one-play payday I was referring to earlier. May not may not be one, but it could be two. TJ Yeldon, ready? Six and a half rushing yards. Let's go. Let's go. I think he has two carries. I mean, come on. That's not outlandish. Two carries, TJ Yeldon. You, you get me. You could grind it out three and a half yards per carry, TJ. Six and a half. Plus 113 on the over, baby. Uh, Darrell Williams, you know, again, I don't want to mess with 40 and a half right now until I get a better sense of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Rushing yards for Devin Singletary, 41 and a half. Sort of tempted to take an under, but that's actually a no play for me uh, right now in my model. Uh, Moving over to wide receiver. How about this? Cole Cole Beasley, three and a half catches. Give me the over. I don't care what he did last week. Give me the freaking over. Stephon Diggs. <laughs> Stephon Diggs, 98 and a half. Are you kidding me? 98 and a half receiving yards? I know that if you're not really familiar with player props, that may be like, yeah, whatever, Jeff. No, that's freaking really high. <laughs> so I originally was laying off when it was 94 and a half. At 98 and a half, I am tempted to take the under. On that one. Not much else I'm seeing here, but more lines will be coming out. Like I said, I'll post that up over at FTNBets.com tomorrow. Travis Kelsey, 96.5. That is an under. It's not a knock on Travis Kelsey. That's an enormous line for a tight end. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Wow. I think he goes over 80 receiving yards here, maybe even over 85, but that's that's big. And the reason why I, 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 I'm Putting him under this line, Matt Milano. Now, granted, I'm not saying Matt Milano is going to shut him down because I said I think he goes up over 80, maybe 85 receiving yards, which is huge. But still, 96.5 is an enormous number for a tight end, so I'll be playing an under there. All right, so we'll see how we ended up doing. I did all right last week. All right. So hopefully all right again. And again, don't just play those. 
Got to spread it around. I'm not just playing the ones I just mentioned to you as well. I'm going to be playing a whole bunch more, which will be up over at FTNBets.com. Of course, over at FTNFantasy.com, you can get the latest projections, wide receiver, cornerback matchups, all that fun stuff, plus my report, my game breakdown, which won't take take you three days to read. It'll take you five minutes, not even. Probably two minutes. Yeah, I'd say two. Over under two minutes to read that thing. And it is, of course, free over at FTNFantasy.com. And please keep reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy to do. All you have to do if you have an iPhone is open up the podcast app. Go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe. Click the stars at the bottom, and you're done. That's it. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And we will be back next week. Guess what? It's freaking Dynasty Week, baby. That's all next week on the podcast. I'm fired up. I'm fired up for this weekend. Enjoy the football. Catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.